1972, a young witty himara of Tiaitanga, uh, Mahaki, became the first Māori writer to publish a collection of short stories. Ponamu Ponamu is based on his own experience, with his own experience as a young boy growing up in the small settlement of Waituhi on the east coast. Ponamu Ponamu has gone on to become a classic. And after 52 years, RNZ's Culture 101 is proud to be hosting Witi Ihimara reading these stories as a radio series after 3.30pm on Sundays. So we feel it was really wonderful and we feel very privileged to be joined now by Witi to help launch our first Culture 101 of the year. Kia ora Witi. Kia ora Mark, it's been a long time since we saw each other. <laughs> it I'm also going to say hari huruto, happy turning of the year, I think we might translate it as. I was just reflecting that, isn't it wonderful we now have two New Year celebrations, it's, officially, publicly in, in, in Aotearoa? It's just fantastic, and it's an example of what has been happening in Aotearoa, New Zealand, over the last 10 years, this amazing offer by Māori to Pākehā in Aotearoa to be able to contribute to the continuing growth of, uh, you know, of New Zealand culture. And uh, even though we have difficult um, events like what has just happened, yes, um, with the government, the with the government, government yes, and and uh, Mr. Seymour's uh, proposed uh, bill, um, which is going uh, before Parliament, mm. it's always about korero, 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 korero atu, korero, korero mai. We speak, you speak, we speak, you speak. And in the end, we will get there. And this is a great time of the year with that, right, of course. Um, we've had the Ratana birthday this week, and then we've got Waitangi coming up, which is going to be so exciting. Well, we have got <laughs> Waitangi coming up. I, Waitangi coming up. You know, I'm really, really looking forward to it because um, the negotiation skills that Māori have, have um, managed to create for themselves and the way in which the public has embraced, you know, all of that energy tells us good things about the kind of people we are and the kind of society we belong to, which is egalitarian and democratic mm. and humanitarian as well as environmental, and that um, New Zealanders are going to be positioning themselves for the future. I love it. Oh, kia ora, witi. Um, now, I'm going to turn to, to, to uh, a subject at hand. I, I reread your, your first published book, Poanamu Poanamu. It's from 1972. It's been re- recently republished, both in Te Reo Māori and in English. And I read it in a series of tramping hats up in the Tauru <laughs> Ranges, which is quite delightful. And I think I first read it as a teenager. Um, but, you know, this is 52 years since this was first published. It still feels really fresh. And, and you're going to be reading a selection of this over the next six weeks on our show, Culture 101. What's it been like inhabiting the young witty and reading this aloud and well, engaging re- with the words? <laughs> that's a really good way of putting it, inhabiting the young witty, because um, this actually should be a celebration for Radio New Zealand as well, because these stories were first re- read and recorded here in 19... 19- 69, which is oh my 55 years ago. Who, who did the reading then? Uh, it was Do George you know? Henare. Oh, my goodness. And George there were three, um, there were three um, uh, sessions of six, of, of six stories each. And those stories, um, there was this wonderful old man called Arthur Jones. He was the producer of these, um, these three series. And so... That was the beginning of my career. So I actually have to thank Radio New Zealand for beginning my career because seven of those stories became 
um, the stories in Paunamu Paunamu. So revisiting them and and <laughs> reading them myself, not through George, but myself, was it was so invigorating and you know, I found myself recapturing um, that enthusiasm that I've always had for, for writing and always for telling the Māori story. It must be very interesting later in life, shall we say, delicately, to be going back to both... I mean, these are the stories of your childhood, aren't they? I mean, um, it's just this engagement again with ourselves when we're young and to... to, to I guess I use that word inhabit again. Well, what what is fascinating is how much they have managed to stay in the forefront of New Zealand's literary history. Mm. Like, they are still being taught in schools. Um, the books have now uh, circled around the world and they're taught in Africa and they're taught in the United States and to First Nations people in Canada. And uh, wherever I go, you know, there are still people who will say to me, oh, you're the one, oh, we love Danny Middle. Oh, we love the hockey game, you know. And, and I've had that kind of reaction um, throughout last year when I was on my 50th anniversary tour. I went to the French Polynesia. For Tangi, was it? The 50th yes. anniversary of Tangi, yes. the first novel. Mm. Yes, I went to French Polynesia. I went to Australia, to Germany, to Sweden, to Finland, to um, the United States and Canada. And what I discovered there was that New Zealand is actually much better well-known internationally and that we have an international product now. I mean, it's fantastic when you think about it. We had three New Zealand films premiering at the Toronto yeah. Film Festival. Yeah. You know, that's pretty amazing. We had three there. Our Māori music um, in Te Reo has massively r- risen in the charts here and is poised to go global this year, I reckon. You know, they're bilingual bangers like Rob Ruhan's SH35, mm. the singer A putting together songs like Holy Heka, which blend Te Reo with hip-hop and pop and teaks. Oh, my God. You can watch Teeks um, on YouTube singing I Can't Make You Love Me at the Auckland Town Hall. And this boy should be singing in Hollywood. So we've got these fantastic singers. We've also got these wonderful, wonderful... In fact, when I was going around, people didn't want my books. They kept on saying, have you got any CDs of the, of, of Māori music? <laughs> you know. So it was just what they they wanted. So I'm in the wrong business. Well, you're, you're certainly in the business of doing what's on the packet for this segment, which is Fast Favourite. So you know, props to all of those wonderful musicians. Yes. I'm going to bring you back to your book just briefly again, because later in this show, Culture 101, I'm speaking with another friend of mine, playwright Albert Bells, uh, who has a new play called Hyperspace. And I was reading an article this week on the website the Pandagraph Punch, in, in which um, he talked about being in school in Fokotani in the early 80s. And, and, he, and he, this, I'm going to read this one out to you. Where he writes, The classroom was never really a safe place to be, so I kind of stopped trying. But then the next term we got Puanamu Puanamu, and the stories weren't too long, and I knew these characters, and I'd lived that world. And words like theme, tone and structure started to make sense to me because I started caring about what was on the page. And I think that really is such a beautiful expression of what you did for, you know, a generation of writers who are now with us and are going gangbusters. Well, it wasn't safe 
in, in my day, in the 1950s, for a young Māori boy going through a school. Like, uh, you know, some of us were denied um, access to our language. In my case, I got um, the cane and got strapped because, you know, I was really trying to get more Māori um, involved, uh, you know, in, in school. We didn't have a, a kapahaka group. There was absolutely nothing. It was a complete whiteout as far as, yeah. as Māori were concerned. So this was... Ponamu 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 was the book where I vowed I'm going to put this book in front of every school kid in Aotearoa and they will have to read it whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. But you know, since then we've had such wonderful writers uh, coming up. We've got Airana Ngarewa, my mm. Monty Suta. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm really glad that he's a cousin of mine because I love his book. Um, we've got Michael Bennett. Um, yeah, it's going great, great. He's going great. I think he's got a new one coming out this year, hasn't he? Absolutely fantastic. And you know, when you think about the international scope of our, our New Zealand writers, Catherine Chidgey and um, um, Eleanor Catton have now been nominated for the Dublin Prize, and Tai Tibble has the rare distinction of being published in the New Yorker. Ah, great you know, poet. Mm. So I think we need to, oho ake, we need to wake up to the fact that we are international people. Yeah. We have an international um, audience. We have gone beyond these shores. And I think it's about time that Polynesia made this international breakout. Well, it seems to be happening. And it, it reminds me that you were once a diplomat, weren't you? So it's kind of, you, you've been out there in the world and it's wonderful to see these writers kind of following that. End of August last year, Witty, you put out Penguin published um, Na Kupu Wero, which uh, you edited. It's a collection of non-fiction writing by Māori writers. This is so popular that I tried to get a copy of that from the Wellington Public Libraries this week. I can't. You have to go on a waiting list. To me, that's a real illustration of just how also in the non-fiction space as well as the creative writing space, there's so many great writers, right? Well, there are wonderful thinkers. We keep on thinking... Um, in my generation, that you know, um, the younger generation doesn't really uh, know as much as we did. But of course, they know more. You know, I'm always so astonished that I'm learning more from um, from a younger generation, from, even from my ten year old uh, grandson Ben, who is showing me how to navigate all of his devices. <laughs> you know, so it's just wonderful to see. But I've always believed that you know we do have all of that. Stuff that I that I put out there, like in Ngākupuero, it is to enhance and replenish the putea of understanding of what our humanitarian role is. And when we look at the world, you know, I'm firmly of the view that if New Zealanders were running the United Nations, then we would have solved the problems in Gaza. <laughs> we would have solved all of those because... Especially Māori. Māori have been through all of this so many, many, many times before. And um, being able to solve world issues, being able to make sure that the world um, commits itself to um, environmental improvement is is just something, you know, that we do simply because that mm. is our natural, our natural bias. That's me. That's, that's the way I feel anyway. Well, speaking of fast favourites, have you got... Things that you're looking forward to this year culturally, or, or maybe you've just seen recently over summer, are the things that you're you're interested in? Well, as as I mentioned to you before we came on radio, I'm going to Takiura 
in Auckland to learn te reo, and they call it mm. the rumaki reo, they drown you in the language. So for me, it will be either totohu kohoi rānei, either sink or swim, so I'm hoping uh, that I will swim. Uh, you're going for cultural immersion. <laughs> I'm going for cultural immersion, but at the end of it, I think I will write a book in te reo. I think oh. I owe... Well, that's the reason why I'm going back. Oh, Kilda, this is this is inspiring. I, I'm I'm really need to do work on my tarao as a Pākehā, so yeah. I'm inspired by your journey. And can I just mention Witi's Wahine by Nancy Brunning? Yes, because that's coming up at the at the Wellington International Festival soon. Yes, and I hope people see it because uh, Nancy was a huge huge friend of mine. And Nancy she, Brunning, yes. yes, and she did this fantastic uh, work um, on. On affirming uh, wahine Māori um, within not only Māori society but within um, New Zealand, so I'm really hoping that they will do that. And I'm working with Hamish Bennett. Oh. Hamish Bennett is a New Zealand filmmaker, and we are planning to bring out a television series on the Well Rider. Oh, wonderful. That's, this is great to hear this. Now, we're going to finish off today. Thank you so much for coming in, Witty, with a song. And it's kind of appropriate, really, thinking of Witty's Wahine and thinking back to the plains of Gisborne, as I think the song says. Um, the song is Rui Aprahama, kind of appropriate. I know he grew up on Ratanapa, so it's been a big day for a big week for Ratana. But this is a, a song of well, the album that Charlotte Yates put together of musicians interpreting your. Your words, wasn't it? Yes, and this one is uh, is two lyrics that I wrote about Te Koti Arikirangi, who was a great prophet and leader of Te Whānau Akai, Tūhoi and other iwi.